Welcome to another episode of the Political Prisoner podcast, produced by Look Ahead America. My name is Matt Brainerd, the executive director and founder of Look Ahead America. And I'm here with Troy Smocks of Texas, one of the individuals who were persecuted in the aftermath of the protests at the on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Um, Troy, you actually did not go into the Capitol building, is that correct? Where were you on January 6th? That's correct. I was not in the Capitol building. I didn't go in there, and there was a very good reason. Um, until your show, no one ever asked me why I didn't go into or take the walk down to the Capitol. Um, on my way to the Ellipse, I encountered four black police officers, and this was prior to anything happening at the Capitol. This was prior to the president speaking, but those four black officers were saying how they wanted to F up Trump supporters that day. As soon as they were called to the Capitol, they were gonna go down there and their words were F up everybody that was there. And so I'm a kid of the 1960s. I remember the, the, uh, the civil rights riots of 1968. I remember how the police turn water hoses on us, let the dogs chew us all up, beat us down with billy clubs. So as a black man, I'm not showing up there. I was in Washington, D.C., but I didn't go to the Capitol. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why uh, you were targeted by the Department of Justice. You actually were targeted for statements that you made uh, on the social media app Parler. Why don't you tell us about the statements that you made that, that got you uh, the attention? Okay, there was actually um, a series of posts that was made. Um, the first post was referencing Donald Trump being the, the greatest president and basically saying, I don't have my post right in front of me, but it was um, basically saying that we would return with our, uh, with our weapons, I bet political weapons, the government use the term weapon to mean something nefarious. Um, in the second post, that's where all of the, I uh, guess, arguments came in because the, the federal government had blocked our communications. Anyone that was in DC will be able to tell you that our communications were electronically blocked. And so my series of individual posts that were made throughout the day, they were all, let's say, all held in limbo until the government took the electronic um, block or the scrambler off. And then they all came together as if it was one post. And that one post put together gave the, the government in their minds the ammunition to come after me and not just me. They were looking to take down Parler because Parler was the conservatives answer to Twitter and Facebook. If you recall, during that period, everyone had left Parler and Facebook because they were censoring and closing everyone's accounts down. So they went to Parler. The government wanted to take down Parler because that was our means of communication. And they targeted me in order to do that. So I'm going to read um, the statements that uh, you tweeted, you shared on, I shouldn't say tweeted, should I say posted on Parler. Um, I'm going to read two of them. Um, and understanding I'm, they are they were posted broken up, so the sentences were not all in these big chunks. But um, uh, so, so keep that in mind, you know, audience, as you listen. Uh, the first one or the first chunk that I have, 
is uh, today, January 6, 2021, we patriots by the millions have arrived in Washington, D.C., carrying banners of support for the greatest president the world has ever known. But if we must, many of us will return on January 19, 2021, carrying our weapons in support of our nation's resolve, to which the world will never forget. We will come in numbers that no standing army or police agency can match. However, the, the police are not our enemy unless they choose to be. All who will not stand with the American patriots or cannot stand with us, then th that would be a good time for you to take a vacation, a few, uh, take a vacation for a few days, the American patriot. And then uh, what the post that was attributed to the day after January 7th was that. So over the next 24 hours, I would say, let's get our personal affairs in order, prepare our weapons and then go get them. Let's hunt these cowards down like the traitors that each of them are. This includes rhinos, Dems, and tech executives. We now have the green light. All who resist us are enemies of our constitution and must be treated as such. Today, the cowards ran as we took the Capitol. They have it back now only because we left. It wasn't the building that we wanted, it was them. Now, my reading of that is that does read like a threat to me. Now, granted, the uh, it certainly comes more uh, clearly like a threat of violence because I read it all in one, you know, in big chunks, not broken up into multiple posts. And because of, uh, I guess, the uh, technical interference with Parler, when um, I guess when it was uh, came back online, all of those things came out as if it would been made in sequence rather than spread out over time. Nonetheless, I, you know, my reading even spread out over time. They do kind of read like, they do read like uh, something that would be uh, uh, a threat um, that, uh, you know, and again, as I've, I'm myself been a, a victim of death threats myself, um, it does read like a, a threat that would uh, be deserving of a prosecution, um, but you see it differently. Why don't you explain um, how you would say to somebody who, like me that says, yeah, that actually reads like a threat. How would you, what would be your defense? Well, let, let's take the first part of the second post. That was made right after Mo Brooks. Uh, he was on stage and he said, you know, the, the, our founding fathers risked their, their um, wealth, their futures, their family, and in some cases, their lives, you know, for America, to defend America. My question to you is, what are you prepared to risk? And I say, well, let's get our affairs to, in order and then let's go get them, you know? And that's where that post ended. So as he was, as the speakers were talking, that's when the posts were made, not all together like that. And there was, you know, if you were to, to look, take his um, statements and then you put the response to it in the post, you would see that there's more to the story. You know, that's that's kind of like taking a video before and afterwards, but you take the before and afterwards out and you just give them, you know, the clip or you edit it to what you want them to see, like the government's done with so many of our videos. That's exactly what they did here. Well, how else would somebody interpret prepare our weapons and go get them and let's hunt these cowards down like the traitors they are? How are those not uh, real um, okay. threats? Okay, Matt, I want to say this. And for people that has been in the, uh, the military or live in Texas, you know that when we mean gun, we say gun. We don't say weapons. In the North, they say weapons. In the South, we say guns. So, you know, the term weapon is ambiguous as it is. I could see how some people could, could uh, construe it to mean that, 
But in the bigger realm of things, you know, a, a weapon is could be anything. A weapon is a sign. A weapon is your vote. A weapon is the, the primaries. A weapon is not just something, even the Supreme Court and the courts have used the term weapon in political senses. So I, I hear what you're saying and our audience, those who listen, you know, I'm not sure I, at least in this moment, in these brief moments where you have no attorney and just a couple seconds to put together, I'm not sure what you say convinces me as if I, but if you had an extended period of time to make a case in front of a jury, maybe you could um, create a sense of reasonable doubt in their minds. Um, you'd probably give other examples of uh, people like Maxine Waters using exactly the same kind of language um, for uh, calling for violence against uh, Trump supporters or um, you know, celebrities holding severed heads of the president as threats and saying, well, look, it, it really is in the realm of political speech. It didn't cross the line. It wasn't specific enough. It didn't target anybody by name. It didn't target any, no, look, I, at this moment, I don't buy that, but you never really got the chance, did you, to make that no, argument I, in front of a jury? So why didn't you get that chance? I didn't get that chance because I was pretty much denied a speedy trial. I raised that issue. Listen, you guys have 30 days. You, you know, once my speedy trial time was over with, they were like, okay, so we're going to kick it down the road. Speedy trial denied. And so if I had gone to trial, the worst that I couldn't that I could have received was a seven month sentence. By the time I pled guilty, I was already I had already surpassed that seven months and I still did not have a trial date. So basically, by the time a trial came, win, lose or draw, I was paying a hundred dollars for a 30 cent hamburger. Well, and explain so that I, to me, the hundred dollars for 30 cent hamburger. <laughs> By the time that I had come to trial, oh, I get, I get the metaphor draw. for the time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, and, um, so they uh, and what were you ultimately um, uh, uh, sentenced? What what was what was what were you sentenced to in terms of what were you convicted of and what? Because you you took you pl took a plea agreement because of it, it. It just made mathematical sense. Right. I took a plea agreement. We agreed to the uh, to the first count where I said the president was the greatest because the second count would have mean that they would have had to show that they interfered with the communications and those those words, those terms did not come in the sequence that they claimed that they did, that they charged. So yeah, they would have had, basically you tried to say something, you're stopped from saying it in the time, place, and manner you meant to say it. So they couldn't actually have um, used it against you because you never actually did it. It never happened. That's, it's like you thought of doing it. It's like you have prosecuting somebody for, at least on Twitter, you know, you have a, a saved tweet that doesn't actually go out. You just sort of write it and you're thinking about it and you come back maybe later. So your draft, so it's sort of in that. I get, I get it. I get it. So it was just the, the first tweet you would have been able to be charged, you know, prosecuted with ultimately. So you took the plea agreement. What were you sentenced to? I was sentenced to 14 months and um, I accepted the plea agreement for two reasons. One, I'm, I'm sitting in limbo in solitary confinement for 22 hours a day for nearly a year in a seven foot by 11 foot cell. And that's not including the, the, um, the toiletries and the bedding and stuff. So once you include those, it gets even smaller. The second reason I knew that once I get back here to Texas, what they did in Washington DC was unconstitutional. The Supreme Court itself, it says, you can't do this. 
It doesn't matter what he says at a political rally, it's political speech, and it's supposed to be violent. It's supposed to be aggressive. The Supreme Court says you can't touch it. Basically, I pled guilty to non-criminal offense per the Supreme Court, but in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. is off the constitutional reservation. It's gone rogue. Now, ordinarily, the charge would have only gotten you about seven months, but it seems like the judge was particularly harsh with you. Um, why was that? Well, this judge, she's a black judge as well, and she and her husband were both appointed to D.C. benches by Barack Obama. This judge, her name was in the running for a Supreme Court nomination. And since I had the gall to stand before the court and speak on the, um, the bigotry and the racism that was going on in Washington, D.C. with the political prisoners and myself, she took offense to that. And when I speak on the racism, um, the way that they're treating these 36 white men in Washington, D.C., in that D.C. gulag, it's, uh, it's unconscionable. Um, what did they you have, say? What was it, what, what case? What, what did you make, and why were you doing that? Uh, could you expound? I'm not sure. Uh, I why? What, you said you spoke out on the racism they, that was going on there. Why don't you explain that? What do you mean by racism? What was what, what, what was the uh, what was it that you were protesting in front of the court that uh, that that drew her ire? Okay, I'm protesting in front of the court. As I told her, I'm not. I'm no Dr. King, but just a few miles from where he made his I have a dream speech, you know, where blacks and whites are equal and we can sit down and stuff. They're mocking those same words because what they are doing to the white guys in Washington, D.C., they have taken 36 white men, they put them in a predominantly black area like D.C., and then they called them white supremacists to enrage the black community to hate them and that's gonna bring them easier convictions. If you were to take the same 36 black men and put them in rural Alabama and treat them the exact same way, you put them in solitary confinement, you deny them access to their attorneys, you don't let them have visits, you you know, you know refuse to give them haircuts and groom them to make them look like you know, uh, Charlie Manson or some sort of caveman, and then you call them all, all their, their um, good white, they're good white-hating niggers. I, well, I'm black, so I'm going to say the word. You would yeah. have every alphabet agency or every alphabet media company in the world um, centered in on that Alabama municipality or, or county. Well, the, right. same is the, the same is for them in Washington, D.C. What you've done to these white guys is equivalent to what you would have done you know, to those black guys in Alabama. You've denied them everything, and then you put a stigma on them. You denied them, letting, you won't let them get haircuts, you won't let them shave because you want them to look like the white supremacist that lives in everybody's head. So you, um, you made that, that type of statement in front of the, in, you know, and that the judge did not like that, so they slammed you with um, a longer sentence. Yeah, yeah, the longest, and then she says, he's got the longest sentence that I've getting, given out so far. Well, that's not something good. That's not something you want to hear a judge bragging about, but they presumably were doing this. This judge was. She was doing this because she wanted to earn street cred to get a nomination to the Supreme Court, which she did actually not get. But 
who knows what the, the future holds. That uh, sounds rather tragic. Um, tell me a little bit about um, how being in solitary confinement for a year, a little over a year? Correct. No, a little, uh, just three days shy of a year. Three days shy of a year. How did that affect you and how did it change you? Well, it, it changes you uh, a lot. Nobody comes out quite the way they went in because, you know, everything that you were, you were taught to believe in life about um, America, about what it stood for, all of this comes into question. And you have to remember that over half of the people in Washington, D.C. that have been charged, they're veterans. So it makes you understand that this country, our government is coming after the veterans, the people who's asked for the least, but has given the most sacrifice to America. And now the government is condemning all of us. And it's not just the solitary confinement, that was inside. But now that you're released, you're walking around, but you're still not a free person because the government has used the Patriot Act against every last one of us. Well, it, it seems, how did you, uh, when you were in that prison, what did you do to keep yourself sane? What did, how did you focus your attention, your energies to keep from going stark raving mad? Well, you know, you, you read the Bible and you talk to God. Do you think you came out a better man than the, the guy that went in? Yes. I think um, I came out a, a, a much better man and a, a much wiser man. You know, um, historically, there have been a lot of great uh, leaders who, you know, usually with not any real justification and, and uh, at least in your case, without a, an actual fair trial, um, were sentenced to prison. And uh, you can look at, uh, you know, obviously Martin Luther King spent some time in the can. Um, some people that spent extensive uh, periods of time like Veer Sarvakar, the founder of modern India. And there are times and they use them either to write or to read and to, to refocus themselves. What are you going to do now, having experienced what you've experienced, given all that you, uh, the turmoil and the difficulties that you suffered, how are you gonna take all of that and, and put it into action to do something moving forward? Okay, well, um, that's a really good question, and I'm glad you asked it. As I, as I said earlier, the government used the Patriot Act against us, and most people, they hear the words, but they really don't grasp the concept. But imagine trying to put your life back together after an a, a F5 tornado has just gone down the middle of your neighborhood and destroyed everything. That's what has happened to us. Um, the government, our bank accounts, credit ratings, professional licenses, businesses, home mortgages, everything has been revoked, closed, or seized by the federal government under, under the auspice of, of terrorism. And nobody has ever been charged with terrorism or even insurrection. The court, we, we never had a day in court, and a lot of the judges don't, never even knew that they used the Patriot Act on us. But so when we get out, the only thing that the government hasn't done is physically exiled us from the country. Everything else has been stripped from us. Uh, nobody wants to give you a job because you're in these terrorist databases. 
and you know it's, it's, it's very hard to go forward so what i have done um i am mounting forces right now we're going to fight the patriot act now the in march 13th the um, department of homeland security they sent out a memo and said that if you even think or you believe that the 2020 election was stolen or you disagree with Fauci, that they are gonna target you for extremism and terrorism using the Patriot Act. When they go after these moms and these dads at these school board meetings, they're going after them with the Patriot Act. And that's not supposed to be used on American citizens. And so, you know, it's been used on the veterans to destroy our lives to make us, you know, destitute. And so um, we are mounting a defense to take them into court and challenge this, this Patriot Act. And I'm trying to get supporters to help with the legal expenses to do that. And uh, by the way, in the description of this podcast will be the link um, uh, to your uh, Give, Send, Go, a wonderful site uh, where people can make a contribution to, to help you. And I think that um, it, it sounds like regardless of what, what you did uh, and the actions and the decisions of the government that led you to serve, that you've, you've come out with a productive mission. And uh, I think that's uh, something that, we, that everyone should, should applaud. And I, I, I definitely um, want to see you continue down this path of what is really at the heart of Look Ahead America, of community organizing. And your community organizing, you're reaching the toolbox and you're pulling out one of the more useful tools, which is lawsuit. And I'd also encourage you to look at the um, legislative side and getting your, uh, you know, starting getting members of Congress to pledge to, um, to uh, overturn the, the Patriot Act, to uh, either pull Absolutely. it out or completely reform it or um, make it so that it cannot be used as it was used against you. Um, Absolutely. So, and, and if, I, if I may, Matt, we had Congress people that came to the jail to see us to see how horrible it is. And they need to be introducing, in, as you said, legislation to say, listen, we didn't intend for the Patriot Act to be used on Americans in the way the DOJ is employing it. And, you know, we want to repeal that. You know, uh, do you know who your congressman is back in Texas? Well, yeah, but uh, he's just, he's not running again because he had an affair. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, that seat's up for grabs right now. Well, you know, we actually, this gives me a chance to, to mention one of our projects, which I would encourage you to engage in in your district. It's called the J6 question, where we ask candidates, incumbents, challengers of all parties, what they're going to do about the people who are politically persecuted in the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol protest. And when you ask that question, you have the camera running on your cell phone and then you send us the video of you asking the question, what the response is. And we can publicize it and, and archive it um, so that it can be uh, used to educate their constituency on where they stand on the issue. So I'd encourage you to go to some campaign events because I mean, uh, it's probably, you know, in Texas, they do pretty, com pretty competitive uh, pretty competitive primaries have been involved with a few myself and start asking that that question of some of the people running so look um i'm glad that you were able to join us today and i i and it is regrettable that uh i believe most of the time in any kind of media covering you they sort of take the uh the statements that you made um that the government used as evidence or that they used to go after you um and didn't 
you know, the media didn't come at you and say, okay, what do you have to say about, you know, your, your comments on that day? And, uh, you know, well, again, at first glance, they do look pretty damning. Um, we're glad that you actually got the chance to give your take on their meaning. Um, and it's regrettable that you did not get the opportunity to do that in a courtroom in what was your constitutionally guaranteed um, a right to a speedy trial. So um, I'm glad that we were able to give you the opportunity to give your side of it. And regardless of whether you, you know, you're uh, guilty of this or not, you definitely got far worse treatment and it was well outside of what ordinarily would be given to say any other non-political person um, that engaged in this exact same behavior, uh, or I should say non-right-leaning uh, patriotic American, because it's clear that your persecution had nothing to do with what you really did. It was really all about what you believed and your political beliefs. So I, I, I definitely think you, you qualify as uh, having been a political prisoner. And I'm really grateful for you uh, taking the time to join us on our podcast today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I just want America to disengage the SOPA and start engaging the Constitution. Otherwise, we're not going to have a country. Well, that, that is exactly it, and that's exactly why I started Look Ahead America, and, and um, I, I encourage you to uh, keep uh, keep up the good fight in a, of course, nonviolent context there, Department of Justice. When I say fight, I mean attend protests, ask questions, organize yeah. neighbors, vote. That's my definition <laughs> of fighting. I, don't, I want to make sure that- Right, that right. Don't you don't want to give those, yes, yes. <laughs> if I had done a waiver or, you know, behind, but you, you don't know, you never expected the government to take something so innocent that you were doing and turn it into something so nefarious because, you know, where's, where's our freedom of speech? Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you on that. So, um, look, I would encourage our audience to get involved, uh, to help Look Ahead America, to organize with us, to volunteer with us, to contribute to us so we can continue to do our uh, projects out in the States and continue to have uh, uh, this medium, this podcast. Um, you can find all about that on lookaheadamerica.org. This is Matt Brainerd, Executive Director of Look Ahead and America First, America Forever. <laughs>